If you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, join me this morning in Jonah chapter 2. But before we get to Jonah chapter 2, you guys know me. We've got to review just a little bit because just want to make sure that we're staying up to speed with where we were because it makes a difference and makes sense for us with where we are headed. We, we spent a lot of time last week, and we won't go through all of it again, but we spent a lot of time last week talking about and agreeing with each other that there is a whole lot of stuff going on in the world around us. It is absolutely, I'll just say it this way because there's no other way I know to say it because I'm, I'm fighting battles just like all of you are fighting battles, but there's so much going on and it is just at times absolutely overwhelming. And, and then it gets to the personal stuff. I mean, and think about that. There's just so much craziness in the world distracting us and pulling us 3,000 ways. And then we get our personal lives involved in it. And I just know, I just absolutely know some of you feel like I do. You just want to scream sometimes because it's just like it just has got to stop. But there is peace. We know, we know that there is peace there's peace in our Father, but we do live in a broken world. It's just, it's just the truth. The world around us is broken. And here's where, here's where for us the opportunity comes. Because there's a lot of people screaming. And there's a lot of people who's trying to make their voice louder than somebody else's voice. And we can get... We can get pulled back and distracted and, and trying to figure out what we're going to do and how we're going to deal with all of the stuff going on and even not wanting, not wanting to be involved in some of the stuff going on. And we start saying things like, well, God, you just need to deal with them and you just need to take care of that. And I just wish you would. And man, we got to stop. We really have to stop, and it's hard. I know it's hard, but we've really got to stop, and we've got to take a step back because what we've got to always consider is the people around us, everyone around us going through the same storms that we're going through, they deserve to know the same love and peace that we know. There's not a person in the world that doesn't deserve to know the love of Christ. And there's not a person in the world that he doesn't want to know his love. Everybody, he wants everybody to know. Even when we're standing there asking him, well, God, why don't you? He's pushing that right back at us in what is our question for the next two or three weeks. What did I send you for? Because he has sent us. And that was one thing I hope that you remember and that you took away from last week is that moment when we surrendered our lives to Christ, we were sent. And we were sent to carry out his mission and to carry his word and his truth and his promise into the world all around us. And it's, it's not... It, it's not optional. I challenged you with, with something last week. You know, it's, it's either a case that we're all in 
or we're not in. And we don't, we don't get to stand, we don't get to stand in the middle. And we don't get to pick and choose. We're sent to the world to share the gospel. And we, we're looking at this from the standpoint of the prophet Jonah. And if you remember, we started out in chapter 1 of Jonah last week, verse 1 and 2. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked the people are. And we, we spent a couple of minutes talking about Nineveh and who, Nineveh, who the Ninevites were and who or what the city of Nineveh, that capital, and I said something wrong last week that I'm going to correct it this week. I said, I went back and listened. I always go back and listen. I said it was the capital of the Asian Empire. It is not. It was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. I said Asian last week. Pardon me for that. I, 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 when I listened to it, I was like, oh, man, that's terrible. So Assyrian. Assyrian, lock that in your head. If I say Asian again, somebody throw something at me. The capital of the Assyrian Empire. And I told you that now that's the modern Mosul, Iraq. It's, it's, it's still there. But it was a city of great power, wealth. Sin, evil. I mean, it's, it it sounds it kind of sounds like where we are today: cruelty, idolatry. And for Jonah, what we spent time talking about last week, and last week was pretty hard on all of us. It was it was one of those kind of punch in the gut kind of things because as you look at and listen to and read and study Jonah, it's it's one of those it's one of those prophets that he doesn't really say a whole lot, but there's a whole lot of reflection in Jonah. We can look and we can see his actions and reactions, and it sometimes can come right back at us as like we're, we're standing and looking uh, as men. We just finished a book called Man in the Mirror, and it, it's really for Jonah especially me, I don't, I can't, again, I can't speak for everybody in the room, but reading Jonah and seeing how he reacts and acts to things, it's kind of like I'm looking in the mirror and it's like, man, that's painful. That's me. Wow. And, and that's, you know, that's what we can really draw from the prophet Jonah. And that's what, that's what we looked at last week because Nineveh, God called him to go to Nineveh. We all have our own personal Ninevehs. We have those places that we don't want to go. And we have people in our lives that we just don't want to interact with because we have opinions and pass judgment on them of how evil and awful and whatever other labels that we use. And so we come to this, this own personal conclusion like Jonah did in uh, in chapter one, you know, they, they just don't deserve it. The people in the, in the city of Nineveh, they're just bad enough, and they don't deserve God's favor, and they don't deserve God's love. And again, that, that man in the mirror, you know, who is, you know, because it, it's one of those things you can read, and, you know, we're, we're reading a prophet, we're reading of a man of God, and you read that and you think, well, how can he, wait a minute. Because, again, it's that reflection. And, again, last week, this, this 
part of chapter one pretty pretty tough thing because you know Jonah was afraid that the people of Nineveh would repent and then they would be like him that's what it all came down to is if he went and he shared the message of God that they might actually accept it and then that would make them like him you know and for us what that ought to be in our worlds as as we go that ought to be that ought to be the victory when we living our lives and we're sharing Christ and someone comes to know and trust in Jesus Christ as their savior and their life is changed and suddenly they're they're in uh, the peace of God that's a celebration that's not a oh man it worked that that that's a celebration of how God worked in our lives because we were once separated but God whole nother story but we all we all know our own stories and you know we instead of going like Jonah didn't do he went in the opposite direction and again for us instead of going to where God's sending us we're making up excuses and we're we're saying things you know well God you're just asking too much of me I you know I just I just don't know if I can do this isn't there somewhere else you would rather me go instead of just engaging and going and doing again what we were commissioned to do from the day we surrendered our lives to Christ. This is, this is our commission. Go and tell. That's, that's our commission, just like it was for Jonah's and where, or for Jonah. And where we ended last week, I told you this would be exactly where we would start. So go, go to your Bibles. We're, we're going to go through chapters 2 and 3, but there was that one verse that we left hanging last week that's our our starting point this week chapter 1 verse 17 after we saw Jonah run and all of the things that happened and even though Jonah made a mess of it people still believed and and Jonah's mess was even redeemed into good and God used it but we saw in verse 17 now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and for three nights and then heading into chapter 2 then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish and here's where for us this week we're gonna we're gonna turn things from just getting constantly beat up to really look at, and I, what I hope that you go away with uh, today is some encouragement from, from Jonah, even though all of his actions weren't necessarily what we, what we want our lives to be, but there is, there is some encouragement in this. But to start out, you know, there's, there is this, this prayer from Jonah. And, and again, hear this carefully because this isn't, this isn't a message of discouragement, but a message of encouragement. But Jonah in prayer, you know, I, I wonder 
as I read this and, and go through chapter 2, and we're not going to read all of the verses this morning. We'll, we'll read a couple of them in just a second. But, you know, what was, for Jonah, what was that, that attitude of prayer? What was that real attitude of prayer? I wonder, was there sorrow in that prayer? Or was it a prayer of, oh, man, you got me through another one. Because for me, I kind of sense that maybe his attitude wasn't all deliverance from trouble so that he had that second chance to go and do what God had called him to do. Maybe there was, there was a little bit of thanksgiving in the prayer, but was it thanksgiving because now I get to go and do what you called me to do? Or was it thanksgiving because, okay, I didn't drown? Think about that for a second. You know, he's, he's thrown overboard in a storm and goes to the bottom and the fish swallows him up. And, you know, what, what, what's that, what is that attitude and what is that reality for him in that moment of prayer? And for us, what, what is our response in life in those crises like Jonah was in? Because... You know, we can, we can when life is going really, really well, when things are going really, really well, it is so easy. It is so easy to take God for granted. We know he's there. We feel his presence. We're walking with him. Life is good. Things are in order. And it's like, okay, I'm good. God is good. Here we go. And then life happens. Then we lose hope. Then we cry out. And then God works. And then we're glad we didn't drown. And, and we, can, we can have this spiritual, the only way I could think of it to make sense is just kind of like this spiritual yo-yo. You know, it's, we're up and we're down. We're up and we're down. And we, we treat God, we treat God like that, that up and down of life instead of that full, that full reliance on him in all things. You know, like Jonah. Jonah wasn't in a position to bargain. And we're usually not in a position to bargain. And we all know it's usually not a really good idea to bargain with God anyway it doesn't work that way sometimes we may throw something out well if you'll do this I'll do that and we may sense and feel a little bit of an answer coming but that's not how that's not how our spiritual life should be with God it's a full reliance and a full in all in again remember I said you're either all in or you're not in but in in that walk with him and in our prayer life and as we're as we're going through life it's a full reliance on God in the good and in the bad because in the good instead of just walking along ho-hum and taking it all for granted that's when we should be acknowledging what God is doing in our lives and giving him praise and glory and credit for everything that's going on because we're not doing a thing 
I don't know if that burst anybody's bubble or not, but we're not doing a thing. God is orchestrating and doing it all. We just get to be a part of it. And man, we ought to be celebrating with him when the things are going well in our minds and in our, in our hearts so that when life happens and things turn upside down and we find ourselves in the belly of a fish, it's not just a cry because, okay, you didn't let me drown. It's, it's that relationship, that conversation, that ongoing presence that we have with God in all things. And then here's, here is for us what the, what the real encouragement is from, from this. Even from the belly of of a fish somewhere in the bottom of the sea God heard Jonah's voice for us our encouragement because I just you know we just spent a couple of minutes talking about you know how how we the ups and downs and the yo-yos and what our spiritual life ought to be versus what we turn it into the reality for us, just like it <clears throat> was for Jonah, it doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter where we find ourselves. It doesn't matter what time of day or night. It doesn't matter how big we think the sin is. It doesn't matter how big of a mess that we've made of things. God can hear God does hear our cry, and God will respond. We make a mess out of it, but he can hear us from the depths of wherever we are and will respond to our cries. Go to chapter 2, look at verses 8 through 10, and see... See Jonah's response in this because um, he's, he's having a conversation with God. And he says, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. And I will fulfill all of my vows for my salvation comes from the Lord alone and that last phrase my salvation comes from the Lord alone needs to be what we anchor in and what we hold on to as we remember and rest in that comfort that God will hear us no matter where and no matter what because our salvation comes from him alone he is our source and I, I'll be even bold enough to say he should be our only source of strength and rescue because if we try to get anybody else in front of him as a source of strength and rescue then we're relying on ourselves I hate I hate to tell you that you're just relying on you to get you through instead of relying on him to be your anchor and even sometimes forgetting the source of your salvation. He is, he is our hope. And then that last verse, 
I even kind of think a little bit of comedy in here. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. My translation is a little bit nicer than some of them. Vomit is what, uh, what some of them say. But, you know, Jonah found, <laughs> Jonah found himself in a predicament. God, res- God heard him. God rescues him. And then he just finds himself in, a, a to me, a yuck. Um, spit up on a beach. And, and here's, here's some more kind of comedy in that, in that reality. God is giving Jonah a second chance, even though I'm not real sure Jonah wanted that second chance. Moving on into chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. And deliver the message I have given you. This time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's commands and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. Uh, and I'm going on into uh, yeah verses four and five as well. On the first day that Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed." The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. And then if you move ahead in the text, the king even gets word, and the king makes a declaration uh, for the people. Uh, And again, here's... Here's what I want us to remember and to understand because this for us today, instead of like chapter one that where we were, we were getting punched from the left and from the right, for today I want this to be that encouragement again, that first thing, from wherever we are, God will hear us. And then the second thing for us, because again for Jonah, I'm not sure that he wanted that second chance, but he was given that second chance for us. Here's, here's our encouragement. Life and all the stuff going on in the world around us, life may make us feel like we're disqualified. And, in, you know, easily for, for Jonah in those circumstances, could be some feelings, and I'm, I'm adding you know, some assumptions here. I'm not saying that that's what we see in the story, but you know, some, some feelings of, of disqualification or you know, just I can't, I'm, I'm just not worthy to do this. And that's what, that's what life does to us. Those mistakes that we made in the past, those, those things that were part of who we were, at one point in our lives, before we surrendered our life to Christ even, they, uh, they just kind of rear their ugly heads. Don't know about you. I can only speak for me. I know that happens to me. Where I have been, choices I have made, things that I have done in my life, they'll, they'll pop their head up. You know that game Whack-A-Mole? Anybody ever play whack-a-mole? You put a quarter in and the moles pop up and you hit it with the hammer and score points, get tickets, and then get to go get prizes. Sometimes, that, sometimes that's how I feel. 
I, I, I feel like I need a bigger hammer or multiple hammers because some reminder will pop its head up. And man, I, I will struggle with, I'm not, I can't do this. I'm not worthy of this. I, I put myself out of the game a long time ago. But that's not true. That's a lie. If, if you're dealing with that and, and those are the things that are, you're hearing in your head, that's not from God. That is from the enemy reminding you of those things and trying to take you out of the game because God wants to use you. God wants to use all of us. And the truth is, none of us, and, and this, this is a, a funny statement, but none of us are qualified. We're just really not qualified. But the reality is, God can and will use every one of us and our stories and our journeys and how he helped us to overcome and to conquer and to move forward in life in his truth and in his peace. And especially, especially in these, because we'll, we'll look at things going on around us and probably like Jonah, you know, you look at, well, not probably, but we know like Jonah, going to Nineveh and telling people that were evil people that, you know, God would save them. You know, that's not an assignment he wanted. That really wasn't on top of his list. And for us, there's a lot of things that in our lives that are not on the top of our list to do and to go. And here, here's something for us that is so very true. Sometimes in those places that we don't want to go, but in those places that we find ourselves where we're, we're battling with ourselves, do we, do we share? Do we live our life out loud? Do these folks deserve to know Christ? Do they deserve to know his love? Here's, here's a reality for us that we've just got to fight through. Social pressures, fear of people, Fear of lots of things will dictate sometimes the message that we share or the message that we want to share or even, even comes to this, the amount of truth that we want to share. Anybody relating with me? And here's, here's what our call is. Our call is not... Our call is not, back up just a second, to go and tell part of the truth and to flavor the truth for the crowd that we're in and to pick and choose what is true and what is not and what should be said and what shouldn't be said. Our call is to go, to live, and to speak the truth no matter how unpopular it is. No matter how unpopular it is. Does it mean that we're looking for a fight? No. Don't, don't go in looking for a fight. But don't, don't step away from the truth 
God's word and the truth of God's word is for everyone. And we can see it in the text immediately. I'm, I'm not real convinced that Jonah's message was the best message. And, you know, again, as, as I read and I study, I play things out in my head kind of like a movie. You know, and I almost see Jonah walking in that first day he's in Nineveh and stepping up on a corner block somewhere and going, Hey, if y'all don't straighten up, God's just going to wipe you out. I don't know that's exactly how God wanted the message delivered. But here's the, here's the reality. That was truth. And then here's the second reality. The truth changed people's lives. For us, our encouragement, our strength, our direction as we go and as we live our lives out, sharing the truth and only the truth. We never know what's going to happen and we never know who may be open to the truth. We're called... We're called to proclaim, to teach, to tell the message of salvation. That's the gospel. We're called to proclaim the gospel. And for, for us, we may just be surprised. We may be surprised at how many people will actually listen. So instead of standing back and drawing conclusions and making assumptions and telling God what he ought to do instead of going to where he sent us to go, we just need to go to be who we are in him, share when we have those opportunities to share the truth and see how God will work. And I'm telling you, You'll be surprised as to how the truth works and how many people will listen and do want to know. And I'll even ask you questions. Because, just like it says in chapter 3, verse 10, when God saw what they had done, the people of Nineveh, and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction that he had threatened. Our God is a loving, compassionate God. He wants all men and women, he wants all mankind to know, all mankind to know that peace and to know what it means to spend eternity with him in his kingdom. So, don't be scared. Go where he sends you to go. Do what he sent all of us to do. And see how he can work in the lives around you. And change hearts and lives around you. And remember, 
He started with you. There was a moment in life where he changed you. So, who could he not change the heart of? I'm speaking from me. Who could he not change the heart of? Because he changed mine. And he is good. So go to Nineveh. Share the truth of the gospel. And see God change lives. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we, God, we love you so much. And God, we, we honestly, we don't deserve, we just don't deserve your love and your mercy and your compassion. But God, you do, you just, you shower it on us. And Father, you've changed all of us in so many ways. And God, there's, there's times that I can sit and see and remember what you've done in my life. And just absolutely be blown away. And God, I know, I know that you want others to know that same peace and to know your compassion and your love. And so God, as, as we go from here today and we do what you've called us to do, God, I pray that you would, uh, you would just amaze us with how you work. And God, from that amazement, that would just be more energy to do what you've, what you've called us to do. And God, I pray that uh, you would. You would change lives around us. And not because of us, but because of your love. So Father, use us as we go. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up. We've been challenged to go listen to God's voice.